Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Baseball is back. And so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode. And catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. Hit and run Sundays from 9 a.m. till noon. All right, guys, we're going to fast forward a little bit. The year is 2028. Who is the biggest sports star in town? Connor Bedard, Justin Fields, a Cub outfielder, Dylan Cease, Zach Levine, or the Bears quarterback who succeeds Fields? Oh, wow. Oh, that didn't take long. <laughs> oh, boy. Interesting question. I hope that it's Justin Fields. That's what I hope. But my prediction is going to be PCA, Pete Crow Armstrong. So a Cubs outfielder will be the biggest star in Chicago by the year 2028. Pete Crow Armstrong is an answer leading with your heart over your head, Dustin. But that's a defensive. No doubt. He's a defensive player. You've got to get that offense caught up to him. See what I'm saying? Like, Pete Crow Armstrong, you know, it would have been more interesting if you said, uh, you know, Cody Bellinger. Gabe Ramirez, Marshall Harris here on 670 to score, hanging out, filling in for Matt Spiegel on Hit and Run. Uh, and we are broadcasting live from the Score Hyundai Studios, brought to you by your local Hyundai dealers. You know, we've been talking a lot. I feel like this has been a, a therapy session for, for myself, you know, in this White Sox team. I, I feel like we haven't trashed the Cubs enough. Uh, well, look, no, I, just, ther- I just looked at Sean. I'm, I'm a therapist for a lot of different things. I could be your therapist for this if you would like well, me to. Well, damn, be. Kylie. We, uh, I don't know if I want him back on the show who's being so damn real about these teams. I'm no, like, you need the realness note. Sometimes you need the realness to, like you said, smack you in the face. That's 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 what it is, man. I mean, you want to be optimistic when you can be optimistic. Yeah, it's, it's early in the season. Don't don't cry. Oh, is it gym. early? You just said there's 120 games left. Literally, listen, what out of your listen, mouth you just said that. It's getting listen, early. Listen. <laughs> listen, it's getting late early. That's what I can tell you. It's getting late early. Fair enough. Let's go to let's go to the phone lines. 312. They're not gonna be any better. 644, 67, 67. We're taking your thoughts on the Cubs and the Sox right now. Here's another dose of reality that I'm about to get. Jim and Beecher. All right, what do you think? How do you think the Sox are going to fare by the end of the season? Uh, they're on a pace to lose uh, pretty close to 100 games. Uh, and because what I, the reason I called was because I think it is a good thing. It needs to happen for them to, like, super bottom out because uh, I think everybody, a lot of the White Sox fans out there can see the chickens are coming home to roost relative to the total incompetence. Ooh. Of this franchise, the owner, uh, the front office, uh, you see it on the field. The eye test doesn't lie. Uh, you know, so having said that, there's the only glimmer of hope. You guys were talking about that earlier is maybe 
maybe once they do bottom out this year uh, with and draw maybe 1.2, 1.3 million, which is ridiculous in Chicago, that somebody can wake up the uh, the owner who's fallen asleep at the switch over the last few years and uh, – Maybe he has a change of heart and does what he should be doing as a competent owner. So, anyway. Now, Jim, Jim, Jim let me ask you this. Jim, let me ask you this. I mean, obviously, you know, you and I are in the same state of depression when it comes to this White Sox team. But what do you think is the biggest issue, right, when you're looking at it? You said they don't pass the eye test per se. So, when you're looking, and what, what is your eye telling you is the biggest issue for the Chicago White Sox outside of ownership? Oh, well, okay, uh, ownership would be number one without a doubt because uh, he's letting uh, his minions, i.e., you know, Rick Hahn and da-da-da, uh, continue to run the club and maybe go for yet a third rebuild. Rick Hahn should have been jettisoned a long time ago because uh, the guy is Peter Principal in action in baseball. He has risen to his level of incompetence, okay? Uh, but anyway, uh, the eye test. Uh, I think it's a lot. I think their uh, their talent is not what a lot of people in the media. I, I, I'm not going to necessarily include you guys, but uh, the Sox talent is not nearly as good as a lot of people seem to think it is. Okay, fair enough, Jim. I appreciate the comment. Thanks for calling in. Listen, I, I, I'm I'm with Jim on some of the stuff that he said. Uh, I, <laughs> You know when when people are like sell the team, sell the team, like that's a thing. He's not selling. The team. It's not a thing. It's not happening. Like, what if, I was making, if I was making half a billion dollars a this, year, that's thing me. I'm doing is selling it. So this is me, the pragmatist, letting y'all know that I, I can't see uh, Mr. Reinsdorf selling no. the team. That's 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 he's that's his an owner. Baby. That's what they get to do. Bulls are his son's baby. I mean, exactly. That's that's that, that's what that's what gets to happen. Whatever. But I will say this. We heard a clip earlier in this show, this very hit-and-run show, where someone said, hold me accountable. It's my fault. Well, you know what? If things go the way that they're going at the end of the season, he won't be around for next season. Yeah, but the thing – and here's the issue I have with that argument, right? Because, listen, okay, should, should Rick Hahn – you know, should we move on from Rick Hahn and bring some new life in here, fresh set of eyes, i.e. like a Ryan Pohl situation? Yeah, I think we all can agree on that. But – I know a lot of people will make the argument for Rick Hahn and saying that his hands are tied in a lot of situations. And so, you know, just think about your job, whatever that might be you, whatever you do on a daily basis. If, you're, if your manager is holding you back from operating at your highest level and then, you know, the stockholders are complaining about you in particular and you're not doing your job to the fullest potential and you're like, but damn, it's not me. It's I'm being held back. The CEO, the board of directors. Yeah, I'm, 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 my hands are tied. You and I just watched you and I just watched the uh, air. Yes, last night. Last night, the, the Michael Jordan shoe story thing. And there was a point in the movie where they're like, hey, we need more money to give Michael Jordan. Right. You want Nike to be successful? We need more money. Had they not given him the money, and that's what I feel like the situation where Han is in, had they not given him the money, then they wouldn't have gotten Michael Jordan. And sometimes that happens. And again, I'm not, I'm not trying to be an apologist. I'm just trying to be able to assess the situation fairly is what I'm trying to do. And so where we, where it's, I feel like the easy answer is sell the team. The easy answer is Rick Han sucks at, at, at getting talent out there. But I think it's collective, and you touched on that earlier, Marshall, where it's, it's not one thing. It's everything, right? It's everything. No one expected Dylan Cease to be the, the ace of this team. They, 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 they got lucky and that happened, right? So there goes that one glimmering hope right there. Kopech, like, 
multiple Cy Youngs, like what, what kind of pressure are you putting on a guy to like say that he needs to, you know what I'm saying? So I think it's, it's everyone's involved. I would in that. just like Michael Kopech to stop giving up, you know, multiple home runs every game. That's that's my bar right now with Michael. Kopech. I, I have different bars for everyone based yeah. on their recent performance, right? But let me let me give you this because you're talking about the money and all that yeah. stuff. Yeah. Okay, I'm gonna give you four payrolls. Oh no, four payrolls, right? Hey, when you got good points, the White Sox, <laughs> 186 million. You know what that ranks in baseball? 18th. That's the 11th highest payroll in Major League Baseball. 186 million. I'm going to give you three other payrolls. This is 27, 28, and 29. Okay. That's the three of the bottom four teams. Because 30 is Oakland at 60 million. We know what they are. Yeah. They're like, we're not trying. It's 60 million. Yeah. We're, we're trying. To, they're we're, like, profit sharing is awesome. Yeah. We're, we're, we're going we're gonna to jump town as soon as possible. Yeah. The next is 66 million. Don't That's, tell me it's like the Twins or something like that. It's the Baltimore Orioles. Okay. They're playing well right now. And they're playing well. Yeah. Flash 20, in the pan well, though. 20, 20, uh, 27 is the Pittsburgh Pirates at playing 75 well. okay. million. They're playing well, right? Okay. But, but, okay. but hold on. Okay, one no, more. No, one no, more. No, no, one no, more. No, no. At 29, or excuse me, 28, the third lowest payroll in Major League Baseball at 75 million a year. Tampa Bay. Tampa Bay. Hmm. It is everything, and you need to reevaluate how we're building a baseball team. And I understand what you're saying about this is a big market city and the, the, the Sox have to stop acting like a small market team. In they terms are a of small team. market team. I think, I think that's the one thing that you got, we have to start oh, okay. with. Hold on. If you're talking about how to build a team. But they're not that small market if they're already spending $186 million. Right. My point is they've got to figure out how to build a better and more efficient team from the bottom up, from the studs up. Right. Right, right. You make, you make, I don't want to say mistakes, but you give a lot of money to Yasmani Grandal. That money comes in. The Luis Robert, Eloy Jimenez, you know, things. You got to pay Tim Anderson eventually. But I think the issue, right, to go to, to continue and live in that space, Marshall, is that if the Sox were to operate like a Tampa Bay Rays or a Pittsburgh Pirates, where your, your, your whole existence is based off of, you know, young talent, you know, moving on from guys as they get bigger because you're not going to pay them and, and working the. Chicago would not like me. We would not like that because we want names. We want to be because we think we're still in Chicago and we're like this big market team. It's like, but the fan base and the money that comes in, it's just not the same. One more number to give you. Damn it. $181 million. That's below the Sox, right? <laughs> That's number 13 in Major League Baseball. Guess who that is? Cubs. <laughs> yes. Right. And they've got those guys that they've signed and they've got, but they've also got yeah. what? An infusion of young talent, guys who are pre-arbitration eligible, right, 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 who right, are but, contributing. But, but that's an, that's that's an unfair comparison because because you'd have to look at the last you know five years of payroll and see where the Cubs have been at in their you know rebuild and, and where the Sox were trying to be a competitive team in certain instances. And so now we're just bearing the brunt of the back end of that. You know, along with signing the, like the a Cubs were trying to be competitive five years ago. No, they, they were sucking five years ago after the World Series. After the World Series, they didn't. They no, no, they, you're, saying, you're saying they won the World Series and went Miami Marlins style and no, jettisoned guys. I, I'm, I'm saying over the last five years, not five years specifically. Five years ago, I'm saying from 2018. It was just the last two seasons. My point exactly. That's it, built in there. And I'm so, saying, in, in those moments, they weren't paying guys big money, and so now they so the, so they were the beneficiary of having some to give to guys like Dansby Swanson and, and, and th- those kinds of guys. Whereas the White Sox were in it thinking that they were doing something with that team, trying to build out a roster that they thought was going to be competitive. And to your point, though, it was a, it's a failed experiment, right? They 
thought they were doing something by getting guys for the low and allowing them to play at a high level, and it just didn't work out. And like that's the issue with the White Sox. So it, again, because we're we want to be about solutions and not problems. How then would you put the Sox in a position to be a team that doesn't have a hundred and eighty-one million dollar payroll, but is still competitive? They they can keep the one hundred eighty million. They can keep the one hundred eighty-one million dollar payroll. It's not gonna last forever. It, my my whole thing is, can we do something about the minor leagues? Fair. It, there's no talent in the minor leagues. So you're gonna have I'm to. Sorry, get not rid no of talent. Eloy. There's not enough because I'm, right. I'm real careful with my words. Right. There's not enough talent in the minor leagues. Right. So you're gonna have to get rid of guys that you're paying mid-level money to, in order to get those guys back. So it is some sort of a blow-up thing where you're like, Eloy, go ahead. We're done with you. We don't want to pay you the rest of your money. You know, Luis Robert, you're gone too, and we need to get these minor league prospects and younger guys so the payroll's low, and then we kind of you know recreate the roster that is there. I'll say this: trade that trade deadline's not that far away. If they're, you know, 15 games under 500 or, or whatever, and you're looking at the, the you know, the, the payroll table, you know how it goes, like, this year, yeah, next yeah, year, yeah. what's freed up, who's arbitration. It, like, you got to make decisions on guys, very specific decisions on guys. And here's my question. Do you trust this front office no. to make the right call on the right guys? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. And, and that's... And so that's, that's a problem. And that's the problem, right. So then, so then it, is, it is sort of where where I have been saying the blame needs to be on everybody, then I think everyone needs to be held accountable, and that includes the, 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 the players, that includes the, the, the management. Everyone, a big saying is, man, pa fuera, pa fuera. Everybody got to go, and then maybe that way they could reinvent themselves. Because you know what? Uh, when you're looking at teams, uh, like because we're going to hold on to the 2005 White Sox, and I'll tell you what their payroll is after the break. Oh, my goodness, 2005 White Sox. It always, it always goes back to that. You know what? Your lack of respect is exactly why AJ Pazinski <laughs> was going on a on a rant, and that's exactly what we're gonna talk about after this. Oh why do the white 2005 White Sox oh get no goodness. respect? We'll hear from AJ Pazinski explaining a little bit of it, and then we'll get your thoughts as well. It's Gabe Ramirez, it's Marshall Harris, it's Hit and Run right here on 670 The Score. Hit and Run Sundays from 9 a.m. till noon. All right, guys, we're gonna fast forward a little bit. The year is 2028. Who is the biggest sports star in town? Connor Bedard, Justin Fields, a Cub. Outfielder Dylan Cease, Zach Levine, or the Bears quarterback who succeeds Fields? Oh, wow. Oh, that didn't take long. <laughs> oh, boy. Interesting question. I hope that it's Justin Fields. That's what I hope. But my prediction is going to be PCA, P. Crow Armstrong. So a Cubs outfielder will be the biggest star in Chicago by the year 2028. Pete Crow Armstrong is an answer leading with your heart over your head. But that's a defensive. (laughs) No doubt. He's a defensive player. You've got to get that offense caught up to him. See what I'm saying? Like, Pete Crow Armstrong, you know, it would have been more interesting if you said, uh, you know, Cody Bellinger. That was Mullion Hall and Dustin Rhodes from Pick 6, their segment they do every single day at 6 o'clock where they do a roundtable discussion about some really good questions. And, of course, Dustin Rhodes at PCA. Like, you want to talk about Cub Homer. That is a wild answer. I've, I've done pick six. I've been on Molly and Hall. Yeah. That is a wild answer. Check out the, check out his podcast as well, Fly the W, if you love, you know, Dustin Rhodes and those, and those types of opinions. Uh, but you saw how Molly and Hall jumped on him immediately. <laughs> like, <laughs> what? said that. Um, I do want to say we will get some more of the AJ conversation in the White Sox uh, a little bit later. Josh Nelson from uh, Sox Machine is going to be hanging out with us uh, just after 1040, so make sure you guys stick around for that. But I felt like this was something that was interesting. Uh, Marshall, initial thoughts when you hear that. 2028, five years from now, the Here's, biggest Chicago athlete. 
Here's what I'll say. The PCA answer is, is in line with my answer is I don't know because that guy's not here yet. Yeah. He does he's not currently employed and working in Chicago. Okay. Fair enough. That's that's but if I had to guess from someone in the pool of people who are actually playing right now in Chicago, I would say Justin Fields. That's that, that's I'm I'm an analytics guy and that that analytically speaking, that makes the most sense. If you're the quarterback of a football team that is going to the playoffs, you're the biggest star in that town unless True. somebody else is taking you to championships. God, I hope you're right. I, got, I, I hope it's Justin, right? I mean, we all, we all hope it's Justin <laughs> So, but, but, but the answer of the guy that replaces Justin Fields, also very viable. It's tw- we're talking about 2028. That's five years from now. This, if this is Justin Fields, last year's the starter in Chicago, which is a possibility. Very true. They draft a quarterback, and then he's in year – Four in 2028. We're like, we're like, who will be the biggest Chicago athlete in 2028? Drake May, former quarterback for the North Carolina Tar Heels. Nathan Peterman, come on down. <laughs> no, yeah. don't say that, please. So, so you, you understand what I'm saying? With my logic. I'm just letting you follow my logic on I that question. I hear you. I hear you. Wait, what, what's your answer? I know. I, well, of course, I want it to be Justin Fields, but yeah, I think it's silly to say anybody else other than that because then you're just like you sound like an idiot, you know. You're like, oh, Pete Armstrong's not even up yet. <laughs> you know, I mean, Connor Bedard hasn't played, you know, one minute uh, on the ice, hasn't been on the ice for one minute. But that would probably be my, be my, if I were to say somebody. You say Connor Bedard? Yeah. Let me tell you something. Connor Bedard is not the biggest star in the city unless Connor Bedard is leading the Blackhawks deep into the playoffs. Like and, deep and five into years, the playoffs. And five years from now, that would probably be the case because it's not going to be like this year or next year. You figure by year three that if because I do have faith in the Blackhawks organization to put together a, a championship caliber team. You have faith in them to do some things, some not everything, not but some right. things. Some, better than <laughs> some teams here in Chicago, I'll tell you oh, that. Okay, so Connor Bedard, I literally believe he would have to be in the Stanley Cup final to to be the biggest star in town. Yeah, it's easy. But I don't know. In five years, can he be in the Stanley Cup final? You you weren't in Chicago when when, when the Blackhawks were winning championships. You like. You, I was in the you, building when the Blackhawks won one of their championships. Okay, the, against uh, the Flyers, I was I was in the Wells Fargo Center. <laughs> Philadelphia, okay, okay. In overtime, well, yeah. See, but you, I'm telling you, here it was as if the Blackhawks were the Chicago Bears, like in '85, '86. That's because the Bears stink. No, no, no. I'm saying like during when they no, won the I, I, like, I'm that's saying how they they were terrible were in that on. time. Yeah, right. And the Bears might might be terrible in five years if the Justin Fields experiment doesn't work. Then we Again, got, oh. t- feel free to text in three one two six forty four sixty seven sixty seven. Uh, so that that way we can hear what you have to say. You know, of course, I would love to lean Zach Levine, you know, five years. But his, his ass might not be on the team in five years either. How old will Zach Levine be in five years? That's a, be- that's a better. What? 32, 33. Right in his prime. He's still young. He's like, what? He's like 27 right now, right? Yeah, he's 28. So 28, right, so 33, yeah. yeah. So 33. So that would be like your window to be like at your full. The body has caught up. I'm sorry. LeBron the mind James, is caught up with the body. If LeBron James and Bronny are on the Bulls in five <laughs> wow. No, and the Bulls are doing something. I mean, listen, somebody's going to take them. So LeBron could be the biggest star in five years. Damn. <laughs> that's, that, that's all, that's a all I just heard. A 43-year-old LeBron James, <laughs> the biggest star. What does that say about Chicago sports? I'm Gabe Ramirez. He's Marshall Harris from CBS2. This is a Chicago Sports Radio 670. The score filling in for Matt Spiegel today on Hit and Run. Uh, the question that was asked by Melly and Han, well, we're – Kind of just throwing around well, right now. Since it is hit and run, let's just narrow it down to baseball. Baseball, and tell me who you think is going to be Dylan the biggest Cease. star. If we're just talking baseball, Dylan Cease. So Dylan because Cease, 
Because because in, in in baseball, pitchers can be consistent for a long period of time, especially once they figure it out. And if he can have the desire to be, you know, the ace for the White Sox for the next five years, then you could easily see him be like a you know a Verlander type or a you know someone that that you know that's consistently you know to get two hundred strikeouts, you know, sub three ERA. And and you know so to where by that time the 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 legend of Dylan Cease has grown so much that he is the most consistent player on both sides of, of town. So I could so see it being Evans could be wearing mustaches in five years. You think? No, nah, but it'll be a, what because things change in every have cyclical things, right? So it'll be clean shaven Dylan Cease. Ah, you, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Here's why that's not going to happen. I hate to be wow. that dude. I hate to no, be no, that dude. But don't say no. It's not going to happen unless you're throwing a name out there in baseball. I'm going to throw. I'm going to throw. I'm going to throw a name out there. Who? Scott Boris. That'll be the name I'll throw out there. <laughs> the biggest. The biggest. <laughs> he's he's an undrafted free agent in 2026. Is is Dylan The White Sox aren't Are paying, paying for Dylan. Unless you know something I know about the White Sox spending habits. Hey, so what, they're going to trade him in a couple years. Anyway, like I said, don't poo poo on my name unless you throw somebody out there. I throw. I'll, I'll throw out another name in in five years. In baseball, just baseball, in, you, you said. In baseball. Since didn't run. Let's – it's it's tough because I don't know who's going to be yeah. here for the, for the White Sox. Nobody does. For the Luis, White Sox. Luis I, Robert, Jr. That – you know what? That's got a, that's got a better chance. But I, I, I find a hard time believing he'll be the biggest name in, in the city. Well, we're just talking baseball. I know, though. I know. Keep, keep moving the finish line. You're right, you're right, right. In I, baseball, I, I, it Luis is – Robert, Jr. is probably my guy. Luis Robert Jr. is probably my guy. Watch this. Sean Sears, producer extraordinaire, five years from right now. Who's going to be the baseball name only? Okay. Baseball name. Biggest Chicago athlete in baseball. So it'll, he'll be 36 at this point, so it makes perfect sense for the White Sox to go sign Aaron Judge at that point, right? <laughs> he'll probably He's actually under contract. I think still under five years from now. Oh That's God. the guy. No, he, he signed a, a very 20, large contract. Like a 20-year yeah. contract. Both yeah. in length and in monetary value. Yeah. He's going to retire Yankee now. I'm just giving you a hard time. No, honestly, I, I actually agree with Dustin. I think. Pete Crow Armstrong might be the biggest name. If we're talking Cubs, honestly, the guy, he's already the best defender in the in the minors. He's won the Golden Glove of the minors but, so far. Yeah, but you got but that's, that's, that's like saying Aaron Rowan's going to be the biggest name. When sure, but the other side of this, too, though, is PCA. Like, he OPSed over 1,000 at both low A and double A last year. He's still hitting the ball, and he's starting to develop power. So this is a kid that I think, like, you got to remember, the Mets drafted him, and he was hurt. He never played. I think he played maybe like seven games in their system, came to the Cubs, and immediately started hitting. And he's made those adjustments. So I I think a lot of people are focusing on that defense. I actually think he's going to be a good offensive player, too. He's crazy fast. Fits exactly what the Cubs are looking for in their system right now. He'll be twenty. He'll be 26 in five years. Damn. So I, I, I see you. I... I just think I you're putting you're a lot. You're though, putting Marshall. a lot on the potential yeah. as opposed to what we've seen so far. And you're saying that he's going to be better than Luis Robert Jr. in five years. I think he might be. Stop yeah. it. Come okay, now nah, right, 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 right. I, I take on. I take issue. And I, I like Luis Robert. I think he's one of the few guys Molly in and Chicago. Hall literally a just Molly Hall literally was just like this guy got no offense, <laughs> and Luis Robert's literally. Well, like, no, he's leaning on his five his one thousand OPS. Yeah, at in low the minors. level <laughs> minors, not high minors, low level minors. Now, now look, now you got now you got Sean Sears worked up. High A and double A. The guy just keeps hitting. It's been impressive. Okay. Okay. Hey, you know what? Everyone's entitled to their opinion on this fictitious even if it's wrong. discussion, even if it's wrong. Um, somebody from the 773 said Justin Steele. So you could see. And could guys see wheeling and dealing. Um, from the 815 said Chris Morrell. I could see Christopher Morrell, too. I just, it was perfect because Kylie was talking about it, and that's the whole thing, like the swing and miss. Yeah. 
Like, if he gets that down, that, yeah. that's a problem for pitchers. He has so much power, and he's just so good. He has so much everything. Morrell sucks one right center field. Way back. This is long gone. Christopher Morrell into the second deck. And the Cubs get some insurance in the top of the line. He kind of has that 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 uh, Javi Baez kind of swing and, and, and con- connect kind of a vibe to him. He makes you want to watch more baseball. Yeah. Javi, and there's, Javi a, there's not a lot of guys out there currently who are like, I need to watch more of this guy. I wish he would come out and say what position he wanted to play consistently every day. Just that, to say it. That man just wants to play. That's what, that's a, that's what I, know I, what I, I know that's what he says. And I get that, right? And I get that. But I wish Why? he would just... What, what, but, because, because if we're having the conversation from the 815 saying that he's going to be the best guy in five years, I would like a little bit of ownership there from him. You would like to put a, put a position on him? I would like him. I like confident guys. Right, that's why I like a guy like Matt Mervis. I like guys that talk crap and back it up. I right? think Christopher Morrell is very confident. He just understands the team dynamic and understands, yo, I, I had to start the season in Iowa. I don't want to go back to Iowa. That's that's where Christopher Morrell is at. So I'm going to say all the right things while yeah. also being joyous in everything that I get to do. Get me in the door. Right? Exactly. That's what it is. All right. So, uh, we are going to ask our next guest who he thinks uh, will be the best baseball player. Uh, for either team in five years. Josh Nelson from the Sox Machine is going to be hanging out with us. What does he have to say about that question? And why does the 2005 White Sox get no respect? We'll find out on the other side. It's Gabe Ramirez, Marshall Harris here on Hit and Run, filling in for Matt Spiegel. On Chicago Sports Radio, 670. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink... What you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Score. Hit and run Sundays from 9 a.m. till noon. Robert's Robert's success um, is coming from his plate discipline. His chases are down. Um, He's getting good pitches to hit. He's seen the ball really well. He took some good pitches today. You know, you got to be okay taking pitches, and uh, he's he's working on it. You know, he's doing a good job. So if he gets if he stays in the strike zone, he's gonna he's gonna he's gonna do some damage. Happy Mother's Day to all the moms out there. It's Gabe Ramirez, Marshall Harris filling in for Matt Spiegel on Hit and Run here on six seventy The Score. That was Pedro Grifol talking about the recent success of Luis Robert Jr., who I or no, you said would be the best baseball player on either side of town in the next five years. Uh, we get to ask that question to our next guest as well. Um, joining us right now on the Circuit Resort and Casino Hotline, Circuit Resort and Casino in Las Vegas, home of the world's largest sports book from Sox Machine. He's our guy, our resident here. Of course, we're talking about Josh Nelson. Josh, in five years, who's going to be the best baseball player on either side of town? 
I'm going to go with Pete Crow Armstrong of the Chicago Cubs. Uh, he's their number one prospect. He is lighting it up in double A, and he's progressing really well. I was a, I wasn't skeptical, but I was a bit doubtful, and I think a lot of people were in that particular Major League Baseball draft if Pete could hit. And I think Pete Crow Armstrong has proven already in the minor leagues that he can, and he has elite speed, and he's got elite defensive ability that that's my pick in the next five years because the top three prospects for the Chicago White Sox have yet to play a game this year because they're all hurt. So it's kind of hard yeah. to forecast the White Sox <laughs> next five years. But for the for Chicago baseball in general, my pick would be Pete Crow Armstrong. I went with Dylan Cease, Marshall Harris. He won't be here. That's what, that's exactly that's exactly what Marshall said. I said, "Damn, all right, fine." Yeah, that that, that didn't take a lot of uh, that did not take a lot of logic to to see that he would not be here. Like I said, you said give you a name. I said I got a name for you, Scott, Scott Boris. Boris. <laughs> that's just fair enough, right there. And so so I said I said Luis Robert Jr. Um, and I I don't know, man. I I really don't know. We're all just you know throwing stuff against the wall. I see the Pete Crow Armstrong. I just don't know if the offense is going to be there to the level where you're going to say he's the biggest star in the city I also my my overall belief on this question whether it's baseball or sports in general in Chicago is that guy's not here yet which falls kind of in the in the Pete Crow Armstrong thing but I also believe a free agent could be here somebody else could be here whether it's football whether it's basketball or yeah, for the- absolutely I mean you have the major league baseball draft coming in July it may be coming from this year's draft class this is one of the strongest major league baseball draft classes that we have seen in a decade so maybe that future star is coming we just don't know who it is for either the cubs or white Sox until july well we know the white Sox uh are on track to have a pretty high pick <laughs> for next year yes <laughs> yeah. oh, i don't like these chuckles i gotta be honest guys it's not, it's <laughs> it is not what making, it is Josh, you know me I'm, and it's not making me feel good right now if you don't laugh you'll cry <laughs> Yeah, exactly. I mean, you only have two options, laughing or crying, and I decide to laugh. (laughs) Fair enough. Uh, I mean, this series so far against the Astros, Dylan Cease pitched really well, and he needed to bounce back. And in his two starts against the defending world champions, Dylan Cease has looked like a Cy Young guy. Now, in his other starts, he has not. So I'm curious to see on what happens for Dylan Cease moving forward. But the White Sox have a chance here to bounce back from a very ugly series at Kansas City. And they got Lucas Giolito on the mound today, and he's been pitching excellent at home this year. He's got a 1.37 ERA at guarantee rate field. The question will be, can the White Sox offensive bullpen support Giolito enough to pull off a series win? And not just a series win, but for the White Sox, who are currently 14-27, and would win the season series against the Astros if they could win today. And that'll be awesome. And you you mentioned, you know, Giolito's successes of late. And his last, you know, six starts, he's gone at least six innings, so he's been able to stay on the bump. What do you think that a recent success is, is can be attributed to? I mean, because he's still striking out guys at a high rate as well. Yeah, I think it's the fastball. And the slider is better than show me now. So the slider has taken a pretty, step, pretty big step forward in the development and becoming a more effective pitch for Lucas Giolito, especially when he throws high sliders. Now, that's a bit odd as far as the technique, because if you watch like Dylan Cease, he likes to throw his sliders. He likes to spike them uh, low and away against hitters. And he tries to tunnel his fastball to be in the lower part of the zone for Giolito. The more he works up in the zone, 
the more effective he is, especially with the fastball and slider. And sometimes it just looks like the slider's more of a cut fastball coming out of Giolito's hand, especially when you watch his slider the next day after Dylan Cease. Like, the RPM difference is gigantic between Cease and Giolito. Cease gets way more spin on his slider than Lucas Giolito. But this has been a very effective pitch. And then Giolito could throw high changeups, which you'll hear Steve Stone on broadcast or here on 680 The Score always saying that's a pretty dangerous pitch to throw against opposing hitters. But the way that he's working up in the zone, the fastball velocity is back. Giolito is now averaging 93 miles per hour with his four-seam fastball in each of his starts this year. That is a great sign, especially last year when we saw him at 91-92. And that one-mile, two-mile-per-hour difference is huge for Lucas Giolito as he tries to get more separation at speed between his fastball and changeup. Everything is working for Giolito. He's attacking hitters. Over 50% of his pitches are in the strike zone, uh, which is a lot different than when you look at the other White Sox starters uh, and how they're performing in 2023. He's just been really effective. I mean, this reminds me of the Giolito that we saw, guys, from 2019 to 2021. And come August 1st, I would be shocked if Lucas Giolito is still in a White Sox Mm. uniform. I have to imagine every team in the American League East is already texting Rick Hahn about Lucas Giolito. And then the Atlanta Braves, and the Tam- especially the Braves, the Tampa Bay Rays, because the Rays may lose Drew Rasmussen for the rest of the season. And there's some question marks about Max Fried so far at the beginning of this season, former ex-high uh, school teammate of Lucas Giolito out in Harvard-Westlake, out in California. The Braves and Rays are the two best teams in the league, and they will have needs to help solidify their starting pitching. So... The way that Giolito's been pitching, the way that the White Sox overall team has been performing, Giolito's going to be on a new team come August. Wow. I mean, that's 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 not great news if you're that, a White that, Sox that, fan. Because but that lines up with what we've been talking well, about well, this whole show. Well, I, I, I've said, like, yo, you got to make decisions on guys, and if you know you're not bringing guys back, get what you can get for them, whether they're a season away from being a free agent or a season and a half away from being a free agent. Uh, look, he's the only guy on the staff with an ERA under four. Um, Cease is next, but then you look at the other end of the spectrum, you said Giolito's doing everything right. Lance Lynn can't seem to get anything right as of late. Uh, wh- what do you see going on with Lance? So my partner Jim Margulis pointed out earlier this week on Bernstein and Holmes that when he is in the stretch, opposing hitters are hitting over 400 mm. against that's not good. Lance Lynn. No, that's not good. Uh, so that makes what, what's happening to Lance Lynn is that he is a victim of the big inning. And, and again, if he walks the leadoff hitter and opposing hitters are hitting over 400 when he's in the stretch. Yeah. All of a sudden he's going to allow a big inning, but if he could stay in the windup, he's got a chance to post zeros. And that's just the way his starts have gone this year where in his last start, he gives up four runs against the Kansas city Royals in the first inning. And you're thinking he's not going to make it out of three. And then all of a sudden here he is in the fifth inning. And he's able to put up some zeros on the scoreboard and put some solid innings. He's just such a huge victim right now to the big innings that he's got to have to figure out on how to avoid base runners. Or he needs to make a mechanical change when he's in the stretch because he's getting hurt when there's runners on base. And that's like the worst situation that you want to get hurt as a starting pitcher. And he's been digging the White Sox a hold way too often. If the White Sox guys had more dependable starting pitching depth, especially in AAA, and they don't. But if they did, we would be having the conversation 
would the White Sox DFA Lance Lynn like they did with Dallas Keuchel last year? Wow. Because Lance Lynn just has a $1 million contract uh, buyout after this season. It's an $18 million club option for the 2024 season. I'm sorry. The White Sox would not be picking up that option, even with all the starting pitching issues that they have and the lack of depth. It just does not make sense to pay a 38-year-old Lance Lynn, who currently has an ERA above seven, I believe, uh, for the 2023 season, that type of money. No, you, you'd you rather take that $18 million and go sign another starter or try to sign a couple other starters to fill out the rotation and take your chances there. So he has to pitch a lot better. And it's just not a matter of getting the White Sox back on track this year. It's a matter to Lance Lynn as a professional athlete. How much more do you have left in the tank? If you still think you could be a major league caliber pitcher, not just this year, but in the next year or two, you got to bounce back, man, because every team is paying attention to this. And if you do not improve throughout this 2023 season, you are going to be hurt when the White Sox decide to buy out your contract for a million dollars. And here you are as a free agent wishing someone gives you a spring training invite in February because every team doubts your ability to become a starting pitcher. Lance Lynn puts a lot on him, especially in post-game press conferences, when he doesn't perform well. But he needs to stop talking the talk, and he needs to start walking the walk. He's got to show some type of life in the next month, or there's going to be some really hard questions about his future as a major league pitcher moving forward. His ERA, 7.51. So, yes, well over seven. Well over seven. I just want to, like, we could talk about the White Sox starting pitching all day, but I do want to talk about Tim Anderson real quick just because – in, in the big picture, not just like what's going on right now. He had three hits uh, in the win uh, yesterday, but he's he's coming up a, on a contract year next season. They're, they're punching club options this year and, and next year can be done. Is there a thought that, you know, you need to move him and get what you can get in terms of starting a rebuild for the Sox? Or are they just going to let this play out and he, he can just walk away as an unrestricted free agent? So while I think the most the, the two top players that teams will want before the trade deadline from the White Sox right now is Lucas Giolito and Joe Kelly. Joe Kelly has been, been performing really well as of late for the White Sox, and there are some teams like the Texas Rangers that really could use some bullpen help. But the most intriguing trade candidate this year is Tim Anderson. And I bring that up because the Atlanta Braves and the Los Angeles Dodgers are hurting at the shortstop position. They don't have solid options at that particular position. Both the Braves and Dodgers, I give them credit for being the most creative when it comes to pulling off trades. They are able to pull off trades with teams for guys that you didn't even think were available. And I've got this sneaking suspicion that Tim Anderson could be a target for either of these teams. Because as to your point, not only does he help them for the rest of this season, it's a... I think it's a $12.5 million option for next year, and it's a $14.5 million option the year after. So it's a $27 million contract as far as club options over the next two years for Tim Anderson. Man, teams are paying $27-plus million <laughs> for their starting shortstops right now each season. So for the Braves and Dodgers, they may look at this as a way to improve at the shortstop position in the short term. While they are very prospect-heavy, both organizations – those young shortstops are not ready right now to help them win the World Series. And the Braves and Dodgers are two teams that are strong enough to win the World Series this year. So that's the, that's the one guy that I'm wondering if the Braves and Dodgers call, 
how much will Rick Hahn listen seriously to those offers? I, I think you have to because, it, it, like you said, it's 12 and a half this year. It's a $14 million option for next year. And then he's at, if, you, if you're not doing anything as a White Sox team, you have, you're well below 500 and you can get prospects to help load up the next wave. Then you get Yohan Makata to play short, put Berger at third. You know, they have, we have options in those, in those spaces. Josh, uh, I appreciate you hanging out with us today, man. Uh, happy Mother's Day to you and yours. Uh, and hopefully you enjoy the rest of your Sunday, and hopefully the Sox uh, can get that series victory today versus the Astros. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you, guys. Have a great weekend. Of course, Josh Nelson. Make sure you guys follow him. Uh, of course, he's always here on Bernstein and Holmes, hanging out with the guys, uh, talking Sox. Uh, Sox machine underscore Josh. That's where you can follow him on Twitter. Make sure you guys do that. All right. Uh, coming up next, uh, we got Russell Dorsey joining the show. He had an opportunity to see the Cubs up close and personal as he was doing his Friday night baseball with Apple TV. Uh, what was that like for him? And what does he think about the Chicago Cubs team? We'll find out on the other side. It's Gabe Ramirez. It's Marshall Harris right here on Hit and Run, filling in for Matt Spiegel on Chicago Sports Radio 670 The Score. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.